Pastor Xavier Reese talks about prophecy and the sovereignty of God. Have you ever met a Babylonian? How about a Hittite? How about a Philistine? At one time, every one of these were great and powerful nations. Today, they are extinct. In the same token, the Jews exist today as a modern-day independent nation, the state of Israel. Why? Because God said it. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. A jigsaw puzzle is difficult by design, but not impossible to put together, especially when you have the picture in front of you. Well, prophecy is much like a puzzle, difficult but not impossible to understand, especially when we have God's picture, the Bible, to go by. Today, Pastor Xavier takes us back to the book of Revelation for today's intriguing message, Israel, Messiah, and Satan. The persecution of Israel by Satan during the Great Tribulation period presented a threefold movement. Here it is. First, the vision of the woman, her child, and Satan, verse 1 through 6. Second, the vision of Satan being cast out of heaven, verse 7 through 12. And then third, the vision of the woman persecuted by Satan, verses 13 through 17. The common denominator and thread in all three points is Satan, all through it. Now, let's begin here. Look at the vision of the woman, her child, and Satan in verse 1 through 6. Now notice the woman appears clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and her head garland of the twelve stars. Notice in verse 2, the woman is pregnant. The woman is with a child. Having established that the woman is Israel, it isn't very difficult to figure out who the child is, right? It's Christ. Now notice in verse 3 and 4, the dragon and his confederacy of rebellion is given to us. The dragon also appears in heaven with the command to behold. Notice this is a symbol and title of Satan, the serpent, the source of the persecution during the tribulation and great tribulation is satanic. Verse 9 will give us more specific on that, and when you have it in chapter 20, verse 2, it is very, very evident. Everything comes from the authority of hell, from Satan himself, through the Antichrist. Notice now that the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour the child as soon as it was born. This describes Satan's plot to kill Messiah from the very beginning of the promise. The promise back in Genesis 3.15. We opened up with that. The warfare began back then. The child is the son of God. Verse 5 is very, very clear on this. She bore a male child who was to, be, to rule all nations with a rod of iron. The Messiah is identified here by John by his reign on the earth, the millennial kingdom. He will rule all the nations with a rod of iron, meaning absolute sovereign control. All nations is repeated over and over and over again in Psalms and Acts and the book of Revelation. Now notice there in verse 5 that and her child was caught up to God in his throne. So the Messiah is identified as the one who rose from the dead and ascended up to heaven here. He's on his throne. Jesus is on the throne. Amazing. Verse 6, then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God, being divinely protected. It is believed that this particular place is the city of Petra in modern-day Jordan. 
Notice the woman will be fed there for 1,260 days. That's the three and a half years. Exactly the three and a half years of the Great Tribulation. The last three and a half. God will nurture her. In fact, Paul reminds us in Romans 11.1 1, that God has not cast off Israel forever, right? The tribulation and great tribulation is to prepare Israel for her Messiah. It's one of the reasons. Notice secondly, the second movement gives us the vision of Satan being cast out of heaven. War broke out in heaven as Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought. Verse 7. Now the angel Michael is the fourth person introduced to us here in the chapter. This is the most important battle that's won and it is launched by Michael indicated in the Greek. And look at verse 8. The dragon and his angels did not prevail nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the angel Lucifer and his fallen angels were defeated in the war of heaven by Michael and his angels. Look at verse 9. The war is victorious in heaven, resulting in the expelling of the dragon and his angels. The great dragon was cast out. The great dragon, again, referring to being powerful and a murderer. He was cast down, meaning no longer does he have access to heaven to accuse the brethren. You remember Jesus in Luke 10, 18? He saw it prophetically as he tells his disciples, I see Satan falling like lightning from heaven. Until this very day, Satan has access now, even as he tested Job by the permission of God in Job 1. He's the accuser of the brethren. And God uses him. But God enables you. And God will bring that hedge down. You and I have to depend upon the Lord. Notice that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceived the whole world. So, I mean, he's described very vividly here and not just in words, but we need to understand them. The old serpent means subtle, deceptive one. Genesis 3 Paul the Apostle tells us in 2 Corinthians 11, 1 through 4 and 11, how he deceived the, uh, Eve that we should not be taken in by his subtle schemes and he can transform himself into an angel of light. And notice he was cast to the earth and his angels were cast down with him at this point. He was cast out the first time from his heavenly position of being the chief cherub in heaven, the choir director, if you will to be the prince and the power of the air. And that's why Paul calls him the prince and the power of the air in Ephesians 2 too. At this point, he's cast out of the air and confined to the earth. And as we're going to see, that's bad news for the earth. <laughs> Look at verse 10 and 11. The war marks the time to set up the kingdom of God. The first proclamation involves the soon arrival of the kingdom of God. Listen, then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come. Salvation in its final form, the church and Israel. Strength, dunamis, the dynamic power to reign supremely. Kingdoms of our God, the thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth. The power of his Christ, Exousia is the word, the authority of the Messiah. 
It's supreme, absolute. Now notice the second proclamation there in 10 also involves the expulsion of Satan from heaven for the accuser of our brethren who accuses them before our God day and night has been cast down. You think that he's being redundant, but he's not. He's hitting it from different perspectives to make sure we understand who this person is and all that he's involved in. The voice comes from heaven and could possibly be one of the 24 elders since they say, our brethren, the accusers cast down. The only one left in heaven now is the lawyer for the defense, Jesus Christ the righteous. <laughs> Notice the weaponry to defeat Satan and his angels on earth via the Antichrist is said to be threefold. In verse 11, first, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. This is constantly shared in Revelation 1, 5, 5, 9, 6, 9, 11, 7, 1 Peter 1, 19, the blood of the Lamb. They're trusting his blood to be the atoning price for their sins. Faith in Christ. Second, they overcame him by the word of their testimony. John tells us this as he opens the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 20. The words of their testimony. They're being faithful witness regardless of the persecution. And thirdly, they overcame him by not loving their lives to death. They paid the price by martyrdom. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 39, if you love your life and, and you take it, you lose it. If you lose it, you gain it, right? It's going to be a horrible time during the tribulation and great tribulation. The proclamation to heaven is wonderful joy. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. It's great. The bums kicked out. But the proclamation to the earth is a woeful warning. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. Isaiah 49, 13, Psalm 96, 11 tells us about this time. Woe is the word. Sometimes translated, alas. It means bad news. It means warning. It means judgment. A horrible time. Now notice the proclamation of warning is qualified for us. For the devil has come down to you, the earth, having great wrath. The reason is clear, because he knows that he has a short time. How long? Three and a half years. Three and a half years. God is in control. We must keep that in mind. We know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one, the Poneros, 1 John 5, 19. He's not only evil and wicked, but he loves to make people wicked. He holds men captive at his will, 2 Timothy 2, 26. Look to our world. The people are in bondage to the drugs, to alcohol, to the love of self, the sexual enslavement that is in our society and the world. Today is horrendous. He is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, 1 Peter 5, 8 says. It's a war. The days of the tribulation and great tribulation will be unimaginable. Listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew 24, 22. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Three and a half years from this point. 
Otherwise, nobody would be able to endure it. Paul says, for he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because the Lord will make a short work upon the earth, Romans 9, 28, confirming that. As you know, when he returns and we come back with him, he will set up the millennial kingdom. The millennial kingdom is a fact throughout the scriptures. You remember chapter 2 of Isaiah speaks about in the latter days as he saw the vision there that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his path, so on and so forth. And it speaks about Zion very, very clearly. Isaiah 2, 1 through 4. The Lord then will take hold of Satan before he establishes a thousand-year rule. That old serpent, the devil and Satan, and bind him for a thousand years with a chain, Revelation 20, verse 2 and 3. So he cannot deceive the nations any longer. But then at the end of the thousand years, he will let Satan loose again. Now we have been glorified. We reign with Christ. But those people who did not take the mark of the beast and occupy the millennial kingdom, they repopulate. They have children. They marry. They die. Isaiah says if a child dies at 100, oh, he died young. <laughs> at the end of the thousand years, Satan is loose, and he goes throughout the earth, and he gathers the nations, Gog and Magog, to the battle against Jesus. Revelation 20, verse 8. Ultimately, he will be cast in the lake of fire where the false prophet, the Antichrist, have been there. For a thousand years, Revelation 20, verse 10. Be clear about the vision of Satan being cast out of heaven. There will come that day when he will. It'll be joy in heaven, but well, it'll be bad news for the earth. Now notice thirdly, the third movement comes in verse 13 through 17. The woman persecuted by Satan. In verse 13, the identity of the woman is confirmed. And in this passage, everything is confirmed that we've looked at. The dragon saw that he had been cast out to the earth. His time is short. And the dragon persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. This is Yahweh's prophetic promise to his wife who has been put away by divorce. This is the prophetic perfect. In other words, it's as if it already had happened, though it hasn't happened. Because it's prophetic. Her identity has already been made clear by verse 1 and 2 and 5. It's a nation of Israel. Now look at verse 14. The identity of the place of the woman's protection is confirmed. We've already seen as Petra. It says, but the woman was given two wings of the great eagle. So a little more description is given. That she might fly into the wilderness to her place. The word bud marks the sharp contrast of his pursuit of her without any success. The two wings of a great eagle as spoken of old Israel as Pharaoh pursued her in Exodus 19.4. Once again, God intervenes to protect his wife that's been put away by divorce. Jesus said, flee to the mountains, Matthew 24, 16 through 18, as he told the Jews. It is a twofold prophecy. When Titus came in in 70 AD to destroy the city and the temple, the Christians who, who remember that fled to the city of Pella and they escaped. Long-term fulfillment during the Great Tribulation, the nation of Israel will flee to Petra and be secure there. The word here is the same as feed in verse 6. 
Two of three Jews will die under the hand of the Antichrist. Zechariah 13, 8, and 9 says that. There have been horrible days for the Jews. The worst is to come. Now notice verse 15 and 16. We have the indicated manner of protection of the woman as a confirmation here. Verse 15, so the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman, that it might cause her to be carried away by the flood. Here you have symbolic language, a simile. Though it's symbolic language, it is a literal application. At the breaking of the covenant, the Antichrist enters the temple, as you know, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, declare himself God, and Israel will know that he has deceived her. She flees towards Jordan, but he pursues her overwhelmingly with great odds to destroy her. But the earth helps the woman and opens up her mouth. Beautiful poetic description here. And swallows up the flood which the dragon has spewed out of his mouth. So once again, God in his love promises protection and to intervene supernaturally. Do you recall an incident like that in the Old Testament? Remember that God opened up the earth and swallowed up, up Korah and his friends that rebelled against Moses and Aaron in Numbers 16, 31 through 33? This happens again. God protects Israel. Now notice verse 17, the indicated rage of the dragon in view of his failed attempt to destroy her is confirmed here. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, seeing she escaped. So he went to make war with the rest of the offspring, Jews who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. This is the fifth group. You say, well, wait a minute. I thought you said they went to Petra, the remnant of Israel. But there are a lot of Jews and Gentiles that will accept the gospel during this time that are still left. Okay? And he goes and persecutes them. The rest of the believers who have trusted Christ are persecuted by him, both Jew and Gentile. He's already killed the two witnesses that we've seen in chapter 11, which took place right in the middle of the tribulation, right before the sixth seal at the abomination of desolation. They were a pain, an obstacle to his kingdom, and he overcomes them by the permission of God. And they lay in the street for three and a half days, and then God resurrects them. <laughs> and the voice of heaven says, come up. And then he rules supremely for those three and a half years. Have you ever met a Babylonian? How about a Hittite? How about an Assyrian? How about a Philistine? Hey, how about an Amalekite? At one time, every one of these were great and powerful nations. Today, they are extinct because God said they would be. In the same token, the Jews exist today as a modern-day independent nation, the state of Israel. Why? Because God said they would the historical evidence that Israel has survived can only be explained by the protection of God. There is no other explanation for the existence of the Jews in view of all the violence and persecution 
that they have endured. If that same intensity and persistency would have been applied to the Mexicans, they would have been gone. To the Chinese, to any race. There is no other explanation for the present state of Israel. The prophet Ezekiel prophesied about the vision of dry bones in Ezekiel 36. And he asked the prophet, can these bones live again? And the prophet said, well, I don't know. He says, and he breathed upon them. And he saw sinew, muscle, and flesh come upon them. And they stood to their feet. And God identifies and interprets. He says, Ezekiel, this is the nation of Israel in the latter days. How interesting. You and I have seen that. May 14, 4, and 1948, they declared their independence. What's the explanation? God, no one else. No one else. The Bible also tells us that those who aid the Jews during that critical tribulation and great tribulation will be rewarded by Jesus. We find this in Matthew 25, verse 31 through 46. Just jot it down. But this is often misquoted. That's the passage where it says, if you, if, you, if you visited me in prison and you gave them a cup of cold water and all that, and many people use that as a guilt trip for you that you don't do mission work, that's out of context. That's the judgment of the nations. Jesus will judge the nations as to their conduct towards the Jew during that time of great tribulation. And those who help and harbor Jews trusting in God, God will reward. That's the context. As it happened in World War II, that many gave their lives to protect Jews, the same thing will happen during the Great Tribulation. And God will not overlook it. This period is known as the Day of the Lord. You know that. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Joel, Many of the prophets. A time of trouble, a time of gloom, a time of indignation, a time of darkness. A time when hell reigns on earth. Satan gives his power to the Antichrist. Therefore, the words of Jesus are very important regarding this period. Listen to him. Luke 21, 36. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Why? Because Luke is writing to the Gentiles. God is speaking a bride to himself. Matthew writes to the Jew. In Matthew, he doesn't say that. Mark writes to the Roman. They crucified the Lord. He doesn't say that. John writes to the church. He doesn't say that. But Luke writes to the Gentiles, which God is picking a bride to himself. He says, pray that you stand worthy to escape all these things. Even as Revelation 3.10, because you have kept my commandment to persevere, I will keep you from the hour of trial which will come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Earth dwellers. Are you an earth dweller? I'm not. I'm a pilgrim. I'm a sojourner. I'm a heavenly citizen. I'm not looking for Antichrist. I'm looking for Jesus Christ. And so be clear about the persecution of the woman by Satan, the dragon. This is the vision that John had regarding the persecution of Israel by Satan. During the Great Tribulation, it's presented in these three simple movements. The vision of the woman, her child, and Satan, the dragon. The vision of Satan being cast out of heaven. And the vision of the woman being persecuted by Satan, the dragon. This is God's revelation to us. 
I pray you're walking with God. I pray you're not being distracted. I pray you're not being anxious about the cares of the world. Praying, being in the Word, being used of God to pull some out of the fire. Pastor Xavier Reese talks about the importance of being sure of your faith in Jesus Christ. And you can request a copy of today's lesson from the book of Revelation titled, Israel, Messiah, and Satan. It's available on CD for just $4. And this message also contains what Pastor Xavier talked about the last time we were together. So the title to ask for once again is, Israel, Messiah, and Satan. Or simply mention today's date when you write, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's helpful when you include the call letters of this station when you contact us. What's so significant about Babylon and the last days? Find out when you tune into the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 